but I almost tear up every time I see somebody make something out of my fabric because they're taking like a little piece of me and they're creating this whole beautiful piece of art and it just, it makes me giddy just thinking about it. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Sit and Sew Radio, a Quilt Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Sebbing. We've got some great guests today. Krista Watson is back. This is her third time on the podcast. She was one of our first guests and our first listeners. And then we caught up with her at QuiltCon last year, and now she's back for a full interview. Uh, she actually was at Quilt Addicts Anonymous HQ over the weekend. She was here teaching, and our local students loved her. So if you ever get a chance to take a class from Krista, do it. She's a fabulous instructor, and you can learn lots from her about all things quilting. We also have Tiffany Jabor Smith over at Ink and Arrow. She is on today as well. She started her career as a fabric designer and now she works in the marketing department over at Ink and Arrow, which is the modern arm of QT Fabrics. And she is really cool. We got connected over the summer and she reached out to see if I might be interested in making some quilts with Ink and Arrow. And one thing led to another and now I made a few quilts with Ink and Arrow and there's more things on the horizon. And you can thank her for medallion star because ultimately it's her reaching out to me and showing me the fabric which ultimately inspired that design so if you really like it check it out um, and speaking of medallion star we have 15 limited edition kits um, in each of the colorways so if you have seen the pattern there's one in their lila damask collection and another one in their pixie dots lila is like this fun modern damask print with these fabulous colors. And so we have 15 available in that colorway. And then we have 15 available in their Pixie Dots. It's another one of their basics collections. And so it, it spans the entire colorway. And it has these little square dots all over them. And it just looks so cute and fun. And so that one's a little bit more funky and fun. Um, and it's a lot of fun to, to work on. We have, we released those last week, so there's already some sold. So go over to shop.quiltaddictsanonymous.com and get yours. Um, they actually are arriving, the fabric's supposed to be arriving in the shop today. So we'll be shipping those out probably early next week. So you'll have guaranteed Christmas delivery. So if you're like me and you just need to tell your husband, hey honey, this is what I would like for Christmas. I've already bought it. You just need to wrap it and give it to me. That works for you. You can absolutely do that, and that can be your Christmas present to yourself. So check that out, guaranteed Christmas delivery for Medallion Star Quilt Kits. And if you've already bought the pattern, make sure you check your email because I sent out a coupon code for you guys because the kit includes the pattern. And obviously, if you've already got it, you don't need to pay twice for that. So we sent you guys a special coupon code if you already have the pattern. So check your email for something for me, and you'll be able to save on your kit. Also, this Friday, so tomorrow, if you're listening to the podcast on the day that it comes out, we are going to be starting our 12 days of Christmas sale. So we're going to have a different part of the store on sale every day for the next 12 days. And we are finishing up in time for us to be able to get everything shipped out to you guys for a guaranteed Christmas arrival date. So we're definitely keeping that in mind. We know that we've got a lot of in-store customers, but we have even more online. So we want to make sure that anything that you get a deal on can be under your tree on Christmas morning. So we are working hard on that. And so keep an eye out. We've got lots of fun, great deals coming your way. And so make sure you check out your emails each day to see what the new sale is. 
And if you aren't signed up for emails, you can go over to sitandsoradio.com and sign up for emails. You can sign up at quiltaddictsanonymous.com or you can sign up at shop.quiltaddictsanonymous.com. They'll all get you on the email list to be able to know when all these sales are happening. And that starts Friday. Um, and then we'll have 12 days of sales and wrap up in time to be able to get you everything by Christmas Day. Okay, so that's enough of a commercial plug for Quilt Addicts Anonymous. Let's get to the fun stuff, which is the interviews. Uh, Krista Watson is first up. Krista is a quilting triple threat. She is a three-time author. She is a fabric designer now, and she's a fabulous instructor. Not only does she travel the country to teach, but she also has a couple of craftsy classes that you can check out as well. And these are just great ways to really learn everything that there is to know about quilting. She's a fabulous award-winning machine quilter, but she also is a fabulous intricate piecer as well. So you can learn a lot from Krista. Uh, we talk about all the stuff that she's been up to lately. She's very busy. She just released her first fabric collection. She had a new book out earlier this year. And she just, she does so much. And, you know, I, I want to be Krista someday when I grow up. So I hope that you guys really enjoy listening to Krista and check that out. Well, welcome to Sit and Sound Radio, Krista. Hey, it's good to be here. It's good to have you back. And you're actually at Quilt Addicts Anonymous HQ right now. I know. This is the cutest shop. Oh, my gosh. If you guys are in the area, remind me where we are. I just got here on a plane. I have no <laughs> idea where we are. <laughs> you travel a lot. It's like when the, when the singers say the wrong city when they're on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're in the Quad City. So we are, if you travel through I-80, I-88, or I-74 um, on the border of Illinois and Iowa, uh, that's where we're at. All those roads kind of converge. So if you are driving, you know, across country or on your way to Iowa City or Des Moines or Chicago from the other, the western half of the country, and you pop through here, we're pretty close too. It is. It is the cutest shop. So you guys, if you're in the area, you have to stop by. It's situated on this street that looks like out of a storybook. It's got these cute, quaint shops and like cobblestone streets. And she's got this like corner shop with these beautiful windows. And I told her already, like, I want to stay here. I want to, I want to live here. Anyway, it's got the cutest little like rustic wood floors and just gorgeous fabrics everywhere. And, and you know, the best ice cream within walking distance. And anyway, totally the cutest shop that I've been into. No offense to any of the other shops I've been in, but this one's really cute. I really like it. Yeah, Chris was told she had to have Whitey's ice cream. So yep. we just did that after she finished a full day of teaching. And now I'm ready to go. Yes, yeah. we got your sugar high. You're ready to go now. <laughs> we did, we did. One thing that I love when I travel is I love going to like little lo locales where people say, oh, you have to eat here. And so all the students were like, oh, you have to check out Whitey's ice cream because they know like ice cream, like that is one of my weaknesses. It was amazing. So it is yeah. pretty yummy. Yeah, very yummy. And you had a seasonal treat. I did. So what was it? it was like a it was like Christmas a, chipper. Yeah, it was like a mint Oreo um, ice cream on like between chocolate cookies, homemade cookies. Oh my gosh. So okay, two things, you guys, come and visit Quilt Addicts Anonymous, and then get Whitey's ice cream and make it a day, and it'll be super fun. It will be fun. And there are also <laughs> lots of other places, fun things to do here. Yeah, there's like cute little antique shops up the street, and I mean literally out of like like out of a movie or something. It's, it's adorable. And we do have a craft brewery also within walking distance, so you can send your husbands there. There you go. And you can come hang out at the shop and he won't be. Yeah, yeah, the longer they stay, happy. the more you can, like customers can stay and shop with you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you've been really busy. I know people think I'm busy, but I think you're busier than I am. You've been doing a lot. 
I don't know. I don't know. You, you. I aspire to be as productive as you are, though. You're like I, really productive. You know, it depends. <laughs> You're like, I just you finished three queen size quilts, and I'm doing a block of the month. And I'm like, oh, I'm still planning my next class. Like, and Stephanie just got three quilts done in a week. Oh well, sometimes. It doesn't mean that they all happened in one week. Maybe yeah. they all managed to get done in one week. Yeah. They all just got to that point. But you've been, you've done a book this year. You've done a fabric collection another craftsy class, you do so much. So let's talk about some of that. Okay, sounds let's, good. The fabric is, I think, one of the most exciting things because everyone's like, oh my gosh, like fabric. So well, that, how did that come to be? Okay, I have a story about this and you guys, this literally is one of those instances of the universe like listening. So about a year ago, I had decided, okay, I would like to explore the idea of designing fabric. And so I went to this um, convention called SoPro that um, I think that was put on by Sarah Lawson of So Sweetness and Brenda from um, Pink Castle. And so they had like speakers come in. They had like Pat Sloan and Tula Pink and Allison Glass was there. And they were talking to people about having a quilting business, um, different aspects of it, you know, being a designer, doing all this stuff. And one of them was about exploring the idea of becoming a fabric designer. And I thought, okay, I think I want to go to this conference and I want to find out what it is. And so I listened to, you know, Allison Glass and Tula Pink and got some really great insights. And I literally walked away from that and I said, yes, I want to be a fabric designer. Literally two days later, when I got home, after I said, yes, I want to be a fabric designer, like I think I said it to the universe or maybe just on Instagram, I don't know. But, you know, same thing. Um, I got a phone call from Benertex completely out of the blue and they said, hey, we really like your style and we know that you're a Bernina ambassador because for those that don't know, Bernina owns Benertex, the fabric company. So the, the sewing machine company owns the fabric company. And they said, we would be interested in having you become a fabric designer. And it took me about three seconds to say, are you sure? Do you have the right person? <laughs> and then about two more <laughs> seconds to say, yes, where do I sign up? But had I not gone to that convention and had I not kind of learned what all it takes, because it's a lot of work, I don't know that I would have been ready to say yes. And so it really was the universe listening to me, me deciding I wanted to do something, and then the opportunity coming my way and being able to say yes and do it. And it's, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing ride. So that conference was about a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah, they contacted me, yeah, because they contacted me about this time, and um, you know, and then I, we had to work on their deadlines and figure out you know, everything that was involved, but uh, it's, it's been, of everything I do, you know, I write books and I design patterns and I travel and teach, I didn't expect that I would love designing fabric so much, and not only that, because the fabric just came out, it just came out last month at uh, Quilt Market, I didn't realize how much joy I would get seeing other people make quilts from the fabric I designed. That was totally unexpected. I just thought, oh, it'll be fun. I'll design fabric and make some pretty quilts. But I almost tear up every time I see somebody make something out of my fabric because they're taking like a little piece of me and they're creating this whole beautiful piece of art. And it just, it makes me giddy just thinking about it. So what was the process like in doing your first collection? How okay. did you come up with the ideas and get them translated into like the finished product? It was, it was a whirlwind and it was a learning experience like to the nth degree because I still don't know a ton about fabric design and with anything in this industry writing books or teaching classes or you know any any of the myriad jobs you can do there's a million different ways to do it so um uh, when they met with me, I kind of told them, I said, okay, I really want to do this. I have lots of ideas, but I'm very inexperienced. And the biggest thing they helped me out with is they helped me with a technical step. And I kind of like to get that out there because I know there's a lot of budding fabric designers or a lot of people that want to do something. And, and what holds them back is they feel like they don't have the technical skills. And it helps, of course, the more you know, the easier it is. 
but if you don't have the skills, you can get people to help me. So the way I work isn't necessarily how everybody else works, but the way it worked for me is that I first kind of came up with a theme or a design, and real quick, I'll cut to the chase for anybody that hasn't seen my fabric. The name of it, it's called Modern Marks, and it's from Benertex, and they have three divisions. Um, they're kind of more modern, like, um, contemporary division is called Contempo. So it's their Contempo division, and the line is called Modern Marks. So anyway, I knew right away like what I wanted to do. I knew the name of it, I knew the colors, I knew all that right away. And so what I started with is I literally started with paper, and I just drew out designs on paper, took coloring pencils, started coloring out designs, and then I met with, um, they have what's called a fabric stylist and they also have a graphic designer. And I don't know how other companies do it, but this is how it worked for me. And even designers within the same company are gonna do it different ways. So anyway, long story, to make a long story longer. Um, <laughs> so I met with them and I showed them my sketches and we went back and forth via email. And then what they did is they took my sketches and then they were able to put them in the computer and then they were able to put them into repeat. Because that's the biggest thing. When you can have a beautiful design or a really cool idea and it might look good at like a big scale, but is it gonna look good at a small scale or vice versa? Is it gonna scale? Is it gonna repeat? Is it gonna look good when you cut it up into two inch pieces? So being a quilter, I knew all of that stuff, but I knew that I didn't have the technical skills to put it into repeat. So they were able to do that for me, and then we went through a back and forth process several times to say, okay, you know, yes, this design looks good. Um, this this little dot needs to be moved over two inches. Uh, make this a little bit bigger. And so I was able to basically take the ideas in my head, get them on paper, get them in the computer, and then go back and forth several times with them until we got the final layout and it looked good. And then once it looked good and I approved it, then the fun part or the hard part came where we took the, the colors, and the colors are basically bright and rainbow and very highly saturated, because those are my favorite colors. I love a good rainbow. And what we did is we came up with all the, the prints, once I finalized them, and they actually uh, printed them out for me in like every single colorway. And so my collection itself is a total of 26 prints and five like tone-on-tone -tone coordinates, but the main print is 26. Well, they sent me probably about 50 different designs, but of course I couldn't have a collection that's 50 pieces. So the hard part was to say, okay, I want this print, but I'm gonna do it in the green, but I'm not gonna do it in the blue. And I'm gonna do this print in the orange, but I'm not gonna do it in the yellow. So this kind of just process of going back and forth, getting the designs, getting the color, and then finally putting together a collection I really liked. Do you just like have it all out in front of you on a, like a dining room table or something and just pulling exactly, it? Exactly, exactly. Like Cause, yeah, Cause the main thing, the main thing was design. So we got the design set first and then we got the color set next, and then every design was presented in every color. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I would say, okay, I think I want this in blue and pink, and I want this in green and yellow, you know, whatever, those aren't necessarily the colors. And so we, we played around with them, and for example, like one design, you could say, okay, like one of the prints I have is called Boxes, it's based mm -hmm. on one of my machine quilting designs, and we did boxes in like 12 different colors, and it ended up being like three or four colors in the line, but we're like, okay, what's it gonna look like if we do blue boxes on a white background, or white boxes on a blue background? or green and gray boxes or you know it's that kind of thing coming up with all the different design ideas and then me finalizing and saying okay we're gonna do these three and those four then then kind of submitting it because once I had what I wanted to do 
then I had to submit it to them and they had to finalize it and they had to say, okay, yes. And they would give me suggestions. Like there were a couple prints where they're like, well, you know, we know that you have it in green, but you know, we've really seen that like dark green sells better than light green or, you know, things like that. And they would give me suggestions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would agree with them and sometimes I wouldn't, but it was just a really wonderful back and forth process. And once the final product was created and once the designs were all, all finished on paper, then we sent them off to the mill and then they would send back strike offs. And I'll tell you one kind of interesting behind the things um, that happened, and I'm, I'm learning this as I go. One of the prints came back and it was supposed to be like a lime green on teal um, and these little X's, they're like, they're called cross marks, this little X kind of mm -hmm. a blender print. And it looked so great on paper and I, and I loved it. Well, when it came back, it didn't print correctly. And it's not that the mill did anything wrong or that we did anything wrong designing it. The colors like bled, like it wouldn't work together. Like yeah. for whatever reason, the lime green on the, the aqua like didn't work. And so what we had to do is we had to switch the color on that. And it ended up being okay, I was happy with it. But I have this one little piece of that fabric that I have that I put in a quilt that is the quote wrong fabric because yeah. the mill couldn't produce it. But just little things like that. You know, you think they're going to work and they come back and they don't. Um, it, it was a it was a very intense process because you have to get it all ready, then you have to send it to the mill. But once it comes back and the strike offs are approved and everything's good, then it's just a matter of like getting the fabric and then the fun, you know, the fun thing, playing around with it and making quilts from it. Now I remember seeing on your Instagram feed that you had just an invasion of your sewing room in order to get a bunch of quilts done with that fabric for oh, so crazy a show. So what happened is, um, you know, I don't want to make this too much of a Bernina commercial or anything, but Bernina, because I'm ambassador, they have a national show every year for their dealers, for the shop owners. And um, it happened to be in Las Vegas this year. And so because I was in Las Vegas, I went and I was a part of it. And we weren't sure about the timing. We thought that the fabric wouldn't come out until the fall and it was presented at market but they actually got it back from the mill about a month early. And so we were able to show it at Bernie University in July, even though it technically didn't come out till November, we got enough of it to show in July so that those who went to um, this event, these dealers that went to this event, they kind of got the first peak of it. And so I remember getting this phone call three days before, no, four days, four days before the event. And they said, guess what? The fabric's gonna arrive on your doorstep today. You know, if you want to, you can make a couple quilts and we'll show it in our booth at Bernie University. And which you had is, three days. Yeah, and I had like three days to do. <laughs> so it's like it's like a mini version of Quilt Market. Anybody that's ever been to Quilt Market and how overwhelming, this is like a mini version where it's just Bennertex fabric, it's just Bernina um, sewing machines, um, it's notions from this other company called Brewer, which is a distributor. So it's just everything pertaining to these companies. So it's much smaller, but it still has a huge impact. And so it was kind of like, I didn't have to sew quilts in three days, but if I wanted to, they gave me the opportunity that they would then showcase the fabric. And so I dropped everything. I called in the reinforcements. I got friends to come over. My mom came down, you know, she drove three hours and we basically sat and sewed for three days nonstop other than just taking, you know, bathroom breaks and sleeping for a couple hours. And we were able to put together like, I think five quilt tops in three days. It was crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> Did you get any quilted too or no? I wasn't able to get any quilted because I thought, well, I could make one and I could finish it, you know, and they're no, 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 just, just make the quilt tops cause they could hang them on their wall. And, and, you know, it was more about the, the fabric than the mm -hmm. quilting. And so, yeah, it was, it was intense, but I did get them quilted for market. <laughs> so then I was able to show them again. So all the, the, the dealerships got to see it in July and then the rest of the public or the rest of the quilting community got to see it in the fall once they were quilted and finished, but it was fun. <laughs> so, 
you had your first booth then, right, at Market? Yes, yes. For Benertex. Yes, and that was a learning experience too. You guys, I've been in this industry for a while, but anytime I learn something new, I go all in. I'm like, I want to know everything and anything, and I want to know what to do. Um, I'd been to Quilt Market several times. I presented books there, and um, you know, my husband goes there because he buys stuff for our pre-cut store, and he goes shopping and stuff, but I never had my own booth. Fortunately, and again, it's all different for every company, Benertex was fabulous to work with. They actually had booth designers that came in, and I know a lot of you guys are gonna be jealous here. They built my booth for me. They designed I, my booth for me. Quite a bit, they, I'm just saying. They decorated my booth for me. All I had to do was show up with the quilts, you know, that I wanted and some accessories and look pretty all weekend. <laughs> so it was kind of nice. And you wore your fabric all weekend. I did, I did. That was kind of my idea. So my mom, being an amazing seamstress, um, when she, you know, when she had come down to help me sew the tops a couple months ago, or sew the quilt tops, I told her, I said, hey, at Fall Market, I want you to come back and we'll do another sewing session, and I want to make shirts out of my fabric. So she came down, and there's four different, there's four days of market, so we made four different shirts for my fabric so that I'd have a different shirt to wear each day, and that was kind of fun. That was fun to wear my fabric. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it was fun to do anything if it's your fabric. I know. It's I just know. like ups the level of enjoyment I'm sure it does so I recommend I just I love I love to be an enabler and I love to be an encourager and a cheerleader so if there's anybody out there listening that wants to design fabric or write patterns or do the business in any way just give it a try and go for it you know you never know what's gonna happen it may not happen the first time but it's such an enjoyable experience that all the work and the blood and the sweat and the tears is worth it for whatever that is you know whether you write a book or design a, a pattern or a product or whatever it is when you hold that in your hands it's 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 really you know joyful and speaking of books your third book is out yes yes and it's all about pre-cuts yeah so it's called peace and quilt with pre-cuts and it's my third book that I've written with Martin Gell that patchwork plays and they have been awesome too they've been huge supporters of mine um, every book that I've written comes with the patterns not only to make the quilt tops but the step-by-step -step instructions and diagrams on how to machine quilt them because even though I love every aspect of this industry, like I really want to enable people that no matter what part of the quilt making process they want, I want to be there every step of the way. If they want to learn to piece, I want to teach them to piece. If they want to learn to machine quilt, I want to teach them to machine quilt. If they want to play with pretty fabric, I want to teach them to play with pretty fabric. Um, and I just really enjoy sharing that part of me. So tell me about the book. How many designs is it? What sort of mix do you have in there? Okay, so the book, and this of course, the book was all written and stuff before I did, did the fabric, so it's kind of you know out of the frying pan into the fire, you know, let's do this and let's do that. Um, the book itself has 11 uh, projects, and so again, start to finish, piecing and quilting for each of the 11 projects, and they're all made from pre-cuts. You know, two and a half inch strips, uh, five inch squares, 10 inch squares. There's even um, a project made from leftover pre-cuts, like if you have scraps and you don't know what to do with them. And the reason that came about is because, um, you know, part of our, it's our business, but my husband, it's really my husband's business, we run the pre-cut store online mm -hmm. and we sell pre-cuts. And so a lot of people, at times people would buy them from us online and they say, well, what am I going to do with pre-cuts? How can I, how can I use these to my advantage? And so I thought, you know what, I really need to make a book out there that's not just one specific pre-cuts, but just ideas for all different kind of pre-cuts. So it kind of, it kind of came out of necessity. And then because I didn't want it just to be pretty patterns, I called it piece and quilt with pre-cuts. So the idea is you get these quilt dots quilt tops are done really fast because you're using pre-cuts so you don't have to do that much cutting and then you can get to the fun part which is the machine quilting or at least my favorite part. I really like it too. I When I did my book I had so much fun doing all the quilting myself on it. 
Yeah, that's cool. I know you do. I, I sent two out. One that I wanted for the cover was like, I'm gonna outsource this one to somebody yeah. fabulous. But but I think you know what? I think it's fun, and I think that everybody should, even if they decide machine quilting is not for them. And this, you know, mm -hmm. I told the students at your shop today, it's just as important for you to find out what you don't like as it is what you do like. And so if people come to my class and they leave, no one really hardly does this, but if, if I always tell them at the beginning, if you decide that machine quilting is not for you, like that's okay, we'll still be friends, but at least you've given it a try. You know, if you have quilted a quilt yourself, you get to take that ownership and you get to have that pride, and then you get to see whether or not you like that process. Some people do, some people don't, you know, but there's something for everyone, which is awesome. Well, and even if you decide, like I'm, sending out my block of the month just because I've got I would rather spend the time writing it than and getting it done on time and getting all the videos and you know adding quilting onto that as well but because I know how to do it and I know what I like then we can have a conversation with the quilter about here's kind of what I'm envisioning now take your artistic vision and, and go with it from there exactly and you know if you just tell a quilter well whatever then who knows what you're going to get back yeah, and, and if you have a vision, like that's what's really good too, because like I said, in all of my books, you know, the first book was called um, Machine Quilting with Style, and that came out in 2015. Then I wrote a book, The Ultimate Guide to Machine Quilting in 2016, and I wrote that with Angela Walters, and that one was great because it had long arm quilting and domestic quilting. Mm -hmm. So whether you're a long arm quilter or domestic quilter, or, you know, don't put me in a box quilter, you know, whatever you want to call yourself, um, if you can envision how you think you want your quilt to look, no matter how it's quilted, again, you get to take that ownership of it and you're gonna like it a lot more. You know, a lot of people say, oh, just do whatever, but is your whatever, is your version of whatever the same as somebody else's version of whatever? Mm -hmm. You know, and so if you if you have an idea of how you want your quilts quilted, that can also direct someone else who's quilting it so that they can make sure that they're doing something you're gonna love. So you taught today on some free motion quilting techniques and it was like nonstop. They had fun. like a new design every half hour that they were stitching with variations on each one. It was pretty cool. So like what are your like top five tips for if you're getting started at machine quilting? The first thing I say is just practice, practice, practice. You know, that's kind of an age old thing, but if you do, you can get better. And the thing that I always see, no, ma no matter the experience of my students, whenever I teach, because I teach a lot, is in the beginning, those that are especially beginners and they're a little bit timid and they're shy, they come in and they're really not sure of their skills, but just you know, a few hours into class, because we normally do the class, it's normally like a six hour class plus a little lunch break, by the time they come back from lunch, you can already tell that their skills have improved just because they practiced for a few hours. So that's that's one of them is practice. The second one is quilt on real quilts. After you've had a little practice under your belt and you know you, know, you played around with tension and stuff, get out a quilt and do it because it's one thing to practice on little tiny practice samples which is what we did in class today it's an entirely different thing to actually do that on a real quilt so during class and during my lectures and stuff i always try to cover not only okay we're going to learn a swirl or we're going to learn how to do pebbles or we're going to you know whatever design but we also have a discussion on well how do you do those swirls on the quilt how do you deal with the bulk how do you move around the quilt you know what do you do with the seams and so when when students can actually see that and i show lots of examples then they can go home later and try it and they can realize that it's much different quilting on a real quilt rather than a practice sample so that would be the second thing is quilt on a real quilt and then um, another one is just you know don't give up I, I have this philosophy in life that you just don't give up on what you want to do it might take you longer it might not turn out right the first time but if you keep going and you persevere eventually you're gonna get there so whether that's in life or whether that's in quilting or business you know stay the course and keep going and the students that I've seen like six months later like they'll take a class for me in the six months 
minutes later, I'll see them somewhere or they'll email me or they'll have like, you know, put their quilt in a quilt show or something like that. They'll come back to me and their work is so amazing because they didn't give up after that first day of class. So that's about all I can think of. You asked for more mm -hmm. tips, but that's okay. Day. That tired. was a good three. <laughs> that was and good. I absolutely agree with that. Like when I was quilting like daily to get the book done, my quilting got a lot better just because I was doing it like every day. Mm -hmm. And even if I hadn't done that particular thing in a while, just because I had that confidence and I had been doing it, it was much easier to execute. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. And I always put this whenever I give like my students a supply list, you know, bring your thread and bring your little samples and practice and bring a machine and all that kind of stuff. I always put on there the number one um, tool in your toolbox is having a can-do attitude. Because mm -hmm. if you come in with that attitude and that positive attitude, you're gonna have a much better experience. You know, and really all I'm there, I'm just an enabler. I'm just there to pat them on the back and encourage them it's them, they're, they're, they're doing the work and when they see themselves making these stitches and improving after just a couple of practice pieces, the biggest joy I get out of class is when I see a big smile on their face or I hear them mutter on, under their breath, I can do this, I can do this. And I'm like, yes, you can, you can, it's awesome. I really love how you use technology as part of your class. You've got this tablet that you can write on and we have a TV in our classroom so everyone could watch it on the big screen. And she's just drawing everything out, but you know, so much of free motion quilting is getting your path right. Mm -hmm. And so for people to kind of see how it goes without having to like, you know, crowd around somebody's shoulder as they watch you doing it on the sewing machine. I thought that was really neat and people really got a lot out of that. Oh, thanks. That kind of came out of necessity and just as I travel around a lot, um, when I used to just teach locally, I would teach in a quilt shop and they'd, I could bring a machine or they'd have a machine set up and it was smaller, you know, maybe eight to 10 students. Well, as I travel and I teach at quilt shows and I, and I teach all over the place, you know, I can get, you know, 20 to 24 students in a room and it's hard for that many students to gather around. So what I found is that if I can put it and if I can project it on a screen or on a TV, then anybody in the room, no matter where they're sitting, they can see it because my arm's not blocking it. And so, yeah, what I do is I just, I have my laptop set up and I have like a PowerPoint presentation and I have like close-up photography and I have samples that I bring with me so people can actually see the stitching. But what I always tell the students is their learning actually happens when they're sketching out the designs. I call that the theory, sketching out the design, and then the practice is when they sit down at their machine and do it. But if they can draw along with me, like they get out a little notebook and I say, okay, we're gonna do swirls, and step one, this is how you start a swirl, and you know, I go through the step-by-step -step process on actually how to draw the lines. Most people have an idea in their head, but they don't know that, oh, you have to draw a line to the left, and then you have to draw a line to the right, and then you go up, and then you go down. And if they can just practice for a little while and they can actually see what I'm drawing and draw along with me, then it's much easier for them to then translate that to the sewing machine later. Your samples are so adorable, by the way. Oh, thanks. I feel like I need to make a bunch up and just like have them bound and hanging up somewhere because they're just so cute. They're, you know, leftover blocks, extra blocks, and just, you know, well, that's one of my other tips. Here you go. Yeah, tip and they're so cute. They're <laughs> well, just these little minis. What I do is so, and this is a tip people can do at home, is I normally, whenever I'm making a quilt, I will make an extra block out of leftover fabric, not only to test the seam allowances and you know make sure I like the, the composition of the block, but those leftover practice blocks, I save them for machine quilting. So I have a lot of orphan blocks around. And so I put them together, you know, I baste them together with some leftover scrap batting and, and scrap fabric. And whenever I'm testing a new design, sometimes I will try two or three different 
different ideas and I will quilt them on these orphan blocks and then those turn into samples and it's a lot easier to bring like 20 or 30 small samples than big huge quilts. I mean I did bring quilts too of course but then I can pass them around the room, people can look at them, they can take pictures of them and then that gives them something where if they've got orphan blocks they can do it on their leftovers and then that you can bind them, turn them into um, little placemats or mug rugs or you know little minis and stuff and it, it's Hang kind of fun. Hang them all over your sewing machine or sewing room wall. Yeah exactly. They're I mean cute. your your shop, what I love about her shop is she has these cute little slats on the side where you can like hang up um, little flyers and little um, you know little decorations class and stuff. samples. And so things. yeah and samples and so we totally covered the room in her classroom. It was like the Krista Trunk show. Oh, <laughs> it was display. fun. It was cute. Yeah and so people were like sitting there they had their sewing machines in front of them and so they had like these little inspiration pieces while they were quilting. I, I need to go home and redecorate my room just like your shop. <laughs> you order them from line. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> so the only thing we haven't talked about is your new craftsy class. Oh, yay, yay. That's so fun. let's talk, because so, you've taken through the entire process of quilting with that, too. Yeah, right? so here's, here's what I love, you guys. I love, I love teaching. I just love teaching. So because I travel around now, I will teach a like a three-hour class or a one-day class or maybe at the most a two-day class. I can't really teach a start to finish class. When I first started, I'm from Las Vegas, and when I first started teaching in Las Vegas many years ago, I would teach a beginner class. And over five or six weeks, we would have homework. You know, day one, cut out your fabric. Day, you know, week two, uh, sew the blocks together. Week three, do the top. Week four, base the quilt. Week five, machine quilt. And week six, bind the quilt. So we'd learn how to make a quilt from start to finish in six weeks. Well, as I travel around, I can't do that. I can't, I can't compress that, you know, unless someone wanted to put me up for six weeks. So I can't teach like that anymore. So Craftsy was wonderful because they wanted me to teach a start to finish class. And because of the magic of, you know, TV and technology and step outs and all that kind of stuff, I was able to recreate that experience of start to finish and break it up into lessons so that somebody can watch my class. And I think, I can't remember how many hours it is. It's, it's, it's pretty long. It's about a, I think it's almost a six hour class, but they can sit and watch it 15, 20 minutes at a time and they can go do what I say. And then they can go back and they can work on that. And then they can come back the next day. And so it's like that start to finish class over six weeks, but it's over six hours instead. And then the viewer can watch it, you know, whenever they want. And it's called, it's part of a new series that Craftsy has started up called, um, it's called Startup Library, and they've made a startup library class for every um, subject they teach. So I got to represent quilting, and so my class is called Startup Library Quilting, but it basically takes somebody who's never even touched a sewing machine before, and it walks them through the entire uh, process of making a quilt. And then they have other classes, like if you wanna learn how to knit, or weave, or paint, or cook, you know, you kinda start from square one, and you learn all the basics, so. That's so cool. Yeah, I was really I happy. wish I had that when I was starting to sew. I, I've said this on the podcast once before, but it was a long time ago. So for a year and a half, I sewed a very perfect three-inch seam. Uh -huh. And I could not figure out why until I finally took a, a real honest-to-God quilting class from a real-life person. And they are like, took one look at my press foot and said, that's a dressmaker foot, not a quarter-inch presser foot. And you wouldn't have And known. it was the simplest thing. Yeah. And it completely changed everything. I wouldn't be here today had I not taken that class. I know. You, no way. You need someone hands-on. And that's what's so great about this yeah. class is that I'm, I'm there, you know, talking to the camera. But they have all these different angles so you can watch me sew. You can yeah. look over the shoulder. You can pause. You can rewind. And because it's interactive, that you know, Craftsy in general, they have mm -hmm. this platform where you can ask questions. And then I get notified of an email. Email and it's, so it's it's kind of like the closest thing you can get to a real to a, class. To a real live class, so. and that's great. I mean, this stuff did not exist at all when I was starting to quilt, and I wish it had. It would have been, I would have gotten better a lot faster. I know that's for sure. Oh yeah, and you know what the best part of filming those classes? 
they did my hair and my makeup professionally, and they did, you know, they did photo shoots and all that. So I, that was kind of fun. I'm like, I'll I'm go sure back and film another class just for someone to do my hair and makeup Somebody for can me. Somebody for me for a little while. I know, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness, that's always fun. Well, anything else new that we haven't talked about? I think that's it, yeah, and I'm just going to keep working. You know, I'm going to keep making more quilts for my fabric. I, um, when I get back, I get to actually start on working on my next Craftsy class, which is, um, if all goes well, will be filmed and ready to release next year. So, a lot of Very fun. Very exciting. Yeah, and then I'm just heading out. I'm in, where are we again? We're in Illinois. We're in Plexities. Illinois. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> if you I, like, we can go to Iowa. It's like five minutes Okay, away. let's, yeah, we'll go to we Iowa. We can do that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, as soon as I get home, I have all the holidays, and then I start off in January. I'll be, I'll be traveling around. I'm going to Road to California, teaching some classes there and then I will be in February I I'm so excited I'm actually not teaching at QuiltCon this year because I've taught the last two years but I'm going to QuiltCon and I get to go and I get to be I get to see the show I get to take classes I don't have to work I get to enjoy the show and I don't have to work and I'm so excited about that that is exciting <laughs> yeah I was just in and out last year I didn't really get to see much either you and I both were like I know, I know. I, we have 10 minutes. I know, I saw the quilts <laughs> at, uh, for, for QuiltCon this year. Yeah. I had such a full schedule, and it was an amazing experience, don't get me wrong, but I literally saw the quilts for half an hour. I only had a half an hour the whole weekend to look at the quilts, and this time in California, I'm giving myself a full day where I'm just going to go in, and I'm just going to read every quilt. I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to read every description because this, it is my favorite show of all the shows I go to. It's my favorite one because it's full of modern quilts, and those are my favorite. And I can't wait to just be inspired and soak up all the goodness. Absolutely. And you do quilts now just, you know, obviously you have your pattern quilts that are for sale and help, you know, make your living. Uh -huh. But you have some quilts now that you do just for you. That, yeah. That is, you've entered and are, have your fingers crossed on, right? Yeah, I had, I had to learn that. I had to learn that because my hobby is my business and my business is my hobby and I love it. But you do have to have that separation where you have to be able to make, no matter what it is, whatever your job is or whatever. Like for me, I have to make quilts that don't have to be for anything. They don't have to be for my blog. They don't have to be for a class. I can just make them and explore ideas. And then usually from those quilts that don't have to be for anything, then lots of ideas will flow from them. So they're kind of my, you know, no expectations kind of quilts, just have fun and just play. Mm -hmm. I'm learning that. I'm yeah. learning to build in time for my fun stuff too. Yeah, it is. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like, what do you do for work? I quilt. What do you do for my hobby? I quilt. But my work quilts are different than my hobby quilts. <laughs> yeah, I, trust me, I know and I understand. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's always all a challenge, but it's fun. Wouldn't have it any other way. Well, thanks so much for obviously coming to the shop and for being back on the podcast. Oh, thank you. It's been my pleasure, and it's been fun to hang out in person. And if you guys get a chance, stop by, see her shop, give Stephanie a hug. She is like your best friend. She's awesome. I would love to be your best friend. Awesome. Me too. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again. If you enjoyed that interview, make sure you go to the show notes at sitandsoradio.com for more information about Krista and to find out more about where you can find her blog and her website and all her fun social media that you can follow along with. We also have pre-cuts from her fabric collection, Modern Marks, available over at shop.quiltaddictsanonymous.com. You can check that out and get links to it. Uh, from the show notes or just head straight over to shop.quiltaddictsanonymous.com. We also have all of her individual patterns and her latest two books. And her latest two books are signed by Krista, the ones that we have in the shop currently, if you're listening right now when it came out. Um, so if you want to get a book that's signed by Krista, go over right now and order it because we only have a couple left because we had an event here and a lot of people bought. Um, so check that out, order it, and then you can have a book that's signed by Krista Watson. 
over at shop.quiltaddictsanonymous.com. All right, so next up is Tiffany Jawar Smith. She is um, sort of the marketing person over, well, she is, she isn't sort of, she is the marketing uh, head over at Ink and Arrow Fabrics, and we got connected over the summer. Um, my sales rep, who sells me Ink and Arrow, had talked to her about me, and then she was also looking around on the internet and found me at the same time. Um, because I obviously was putting Ink and Arrow stuff out there in the web because we, we stock it here at the shop. And she saw this video that I had done this Saturdays with Stephanie um, over the summer. And my daughter was there and she she's a, kind of a ham. She wants to be in the middle of it all and she loves being on camera whenever I'm doing something that involves a camera. So she was bringing me like every single bolt from the new Ink and Arrow collection we had and she had all these beautiful things to say. And I'm sitting here thinking, this video is such a hot mess because like every two seconds of me explaining something, she would bring me another bolt. And I'm like, oh goodness. And But Tiffany loved it. She's like, it's a great example of a working mom making it work and running your own business. And so we started talking about potentially doing some things together um, that would promote both of our brands, um, both Quilt Addicts Anonymous and Ink and Arrow, where I would use their fabrics to do some fun things. And we have. I use their fabric in a book that's coming out in June. Uh, Medallion Star uses Ink and Arrow, and we've got kits available for that, limited edition kits. And we have some new projects that are in the works that I can't quite talk about yet, um, but there should be some more things happening. They're a really great brand to work with and they make some really great, fabulous fabrics. Uh, QT used to be known as Quilting Treasures. They've been around for a long time. Um, it's an employee-owned company and most a lot of people know Quilting Treasures. Ink and Arrow is newer. That is sort of the modern arm of uh, QT fabrics. And they've got some really fun, funky prints that really appeal to me. Um, I have a couple of fabric companies that I wanna meet with first, so I can make sure that I have their fabrics in the shop before you know, I've blown my budget on ordering fabric for the month, and they are one of them. They're ones that I wanna meet with early on, so that way we can make sure that we get it in the shop. So I really hope that you enjoy hearing a little bit of behind the scenes on how it takes, um, or what it takes to get fabric to all of you. Uh, so let's listen to Tiffany. Well, welcome to Sit and Sew Radio. Thanks for taking some time out to chat with me today. Thanks for having me. Very excited. So, Tiffany, you work at Ink and Arrow, but you have a history as a fabric designer, too, even though you're in marketing now. So how did you sort of get to where you're at today? Um, so I started off as a textile designer in college, and I worked um, right out of school here at QT Fabrics. Um, as an intern, and then I worked here for quite some time and worked my way up into the studio, um, and I was kind of the head of the studio in the Rhode Island um, office, and then we decided to consolidate our studios, so our New York studio took over, and they decided to ask me to stay on in the marketing department, which was new for me, um, so I did that and was a product manager for a while. And then, like life takes you on different avenues, <laughs> I had an opportunity to teach um, at the college level. So I, I left my beloved company here and uh, had about five years off and came back. And when I came back, I was in the marketing department as a marketing brand manager. Um, and I met the creative manager at the time, um, 
and was really excited to hear about the changes in the company and the direction we were going. So especially with the ink and arrow, it was just beginning then. Um, so I decided to come on, and I was brought on to be kind of a creative manager back then um, with a focus on blogging and um, creative design in marketing. So different ways that we could show our fabrics off, different ways that we could get new project ideas and collaborations. Um, and so it kind of just went from there. So I took a roundabout way, but <laughs> I think I ended up exactly where I need to be. And now I'm creative manager, and I work kind of overseeing our marketing efforts and creative efforts, um, working with collaborations, working with our website, um, our blog, making sure our shops are taken care of, and that we make sure that all of the sales reps have their um, feedback taken and brought to the forefront for our fabric design. So, so do you have like a typical day? A typical day. Or no. is it just different all the time? It's different all the time, which is what I love. Um, I could come in with one plan and, you know, other things take over. Um, we do have a small team here, and it's really great. We collaborate really well. Um, so we have a graphic designer that we brought on board over last spring. Um, so I had been doing a lot of that work, but now that's been kind of shifted so I can do um, some other ideas and things. Um, but a typical day would be that I would try to reach out to as many people as I can, um, trying to get feedback from our sales team, trying to work with the marketing department on our catalogs and um, any of our sales materials, trying to make sure that we have new exciting project ideas for the fabric lines that we work with. Um, so it's it's kind of a, you know, whatever happens that day happens. There's a bigger picture, of course. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not chaos, but um, it's really nice to have that flexibility. You know, if one day I need to focus looking at blogs and trying to get more inspiration for a project, um, I can do so. So it's really kind of a great opportunity. And that's how I know you. You kind of reached out after you saw some of my designs, and yes. we started trying a few things together, and it's been fun so far. It really has. That's the best part, I think, is um, when I was in the studio, I worked a lot with licenses. So I would work with all of the big names like Care Bears and, <laughs> you know, those type of things. And so I really enjoyed the collaborative efforts of the studio and trying to reach out and, and not only having our set of guidelines that we work with and what we want to do, but also making sure that we're um, understanding of the, the brands of either yourself, like a shop owner or a pattern designer or a license. So it's been really fun to kind of mix the two worlds together. And I like to reach out and find new faces and, you know, see how we can inspire each other. So how does starting on the fabric design end sort of help you in what you do today? I think especially knowing the end use of the products, you know, knowing that fabric can be used for so many different things. I'm not a quilter, and I know everybody's going to be like, what? <laughs> I haven't really quilted. I made a cat toy once. Um, <laughs> but That, that kind of counts. Yeah, I know, right? You and I did it on, all right, and I did it under the guise of having to make a quilted item to make myself try it, you know. I really love upholstery and I li really love um doing fabric projects, but I've never 
got really into the quilting, which I think it's right there. It's, I'm ready to do it, especially after seeing that one uh, pattern that you made, the medallion star. I love that. Um, I would maybe do that as like a second one. Right. <laughs> the <That would laughs> one with nice straight lines first. Right. That's true. I should try that. But it's, it's easy, cat. but right. maybe not for your first one. Okay. Um, thanks for the hint. <laughs> Just as an FYI. We, I think we are planning a video tutorial for it, so that should help you. Oh, good. But, um, we're getting there. We just got to oh, get our, our ducks in a row on this end. Right. Um, but knowing, I think as a designer, knowing the ins and outs of fabric and design itself, layout, um, a lot of quilting and design is knowing how to balance, you know, different prints together, knowing how to make um, darks and lights come together, knowing how to mix color, and also, you know, densities of, of you know, you want a, a print that has a small ditzy with a larger print or a stripe. So having that design background has really helped me kind of see the big picture and not be so caught up in the marketing side. I know that seems a little strange because marketing is really important, but mm -hmm. I think having that sense of, you know. Yeah, just something good to show. Right, and you having know. a sense of, like, I am the customer. Like, I'm I am such a fabric addict. It's not even funny. <laughs> like my stash is outrageous, um, and so being that, being the customer um, or the consumer is a huge asset, I think. And knowing that there's so many different types of consumers out there, um, and really kind of having the eye where, you know, I can design towards um, something more traditional and then something more maybe modern. That's what's really kind of cool. And we have a really great design team um, that's been led by our design director for many, many years. She's been here, I think, over 35 years. Um, but it keeps current. You know, it's really important to stay current in the market. And Ink and Arrow is kind of the modern arm of QT, right? QT Fabrics? Yes. So QT Fabrics is the mother. <laughs> and um, we have a lot of different looks under our QT Fabrics. But we found that there was a call for not just quilters um, and not just sewists, but kind of the every person that loves fabric. Um, so Ink and Arrow is, was designed for like the not so typical project. Um, it, it definitely is quilter friendly, as you, you know, you've shown, um, but it also lends itself to fashion and it lends itself to crafting um, and even, you know, scrapbooking. There's all sorts of um, avenues for our fabrics. And one of our, our slogans is because fabric should be fun. And basically there's no rules with our Ink and Arrow brand. Um, it's a very quirky, I would say, um, more specific in theme um, collections. And we have um, our, one of our great artists, Alicia Dujets. She has an amazing illustrative style and she's done a bunch of collections for us. Um, so. The Ink and Arrow kind of came about as a niche that we did not have in our offering. And we wanted to make sure that we were, you know, putting ourselves out there and taking risks. Um, we have a really great little feature of Ink and Arrow where there's a hidden arrow or a motif in each design. So that gives it a little fun flair for the customer. Um, I don't think I've ever noticed it. Really? Yeah. And I've made like, what, at least three now 
from your guys' yes. stuff, and I've got the lines in my shop, and I'm going to go search now. I'm going to find I it. I know. I know. It's true. So the Ink and Arrow brand, um, it has the little icons. So we have the Pixie Dot Blender. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pixie Dot is one of my favorites. It's just a simple square dot, um, but super cute and in an illustrative style. Um, that actually doesn't have the, <laughs> the arrow in it because it's such a small print. Mm-hmm. That's all you would see is the, the arrow. Um, but we have a great uh, assortment of of lines with lots of different feelings. Our Christmas lines have been very popular. Um, we have a new one called Twinkle Twinkle, which is coming out. It's kind of a follow-up to our original Naughty or Nice. Um, and we like to, you know, give the names to the of the collections a little more of a quirky factor. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have... Um, the uh, bright and bold collections that were part of Ink and Arrow mm-hmm. um, that had the Lila Damask, which you had worked on with the yeah um, yeah. So we're actually we're shifting things around a little bit, and we're making that bold and bright as part of a QT collections. Um, but we're keeping the core Ink and Arrow um, as its strength with the kind of quirky, more modern look. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's fun, and so you know we want to make sure that we stay true to our branding, and mm-hmm. our brand tells us that the, you know, the illustrative style, the fun, you know, the offbeat, and the color. It's all about that. So, one of the names that I think is the funniest is In Deep Ship, and it's S H I P, and it's all these ships in a bottle. It's gorgeous. We're and so excited it's cute. About it. <laughs> it's fun and it's quirky and it's it's just a fun thing to say. Exactly, and you have to be really careful when you. T- I had to present that line to one of the the shops, and I had to say it a few <laughs> times. No, no, I didn't say anything bad. <laughs> In deep ship, and that's by Alicia Dujets as well. Um, but really fun. I mean, the thing that's great about the Ink and Arrow collections is that it's not just one collection. You can take it in different. Um, different roads there might be um for like for example for in deep ship there's pirates like little treasure chests and then there's the those ships in the bottle um but then there's anchors so you could go a little more quirky with the treasure chests or you can go with the the anchors you know what i mean um and yeah and have it the more thing. traditional nautical right it, it's really that's what's kind of fun it's mix and match and it's um you know, there's no real. That's we keep coming back to it, but there's no rules with it. It's just fabric and have fun. That's that's the goal of it. The other thing I like as a shop owner, and I think people like even if they don't realize it as a consumer, is your collections are small enough to where you can order a whole complete collection without having to worry about like breaking the bank that month. Exactly. Which means you know you can bring in something that looks complete. And somebody can buy something that looks complete for their quilt, and we can easily get it into a fat quarter bundle that isn't going to break the bank as well. Whereas if you get something that's like 24 or 30 pieces in a collection, it's like no one wants to spend $100 on a fat quarter bundle. They just don't do it. Right, exactly. And that's kind of by design. We wanted to make it so it was a little more focused, a little more specialized. Um, the the color carrier really is the pixie dot. It, there's um, ones that go with every collection, and it's it's such a perfect little blender <laughs> that you don't need to get you know a million SKUs. You can really do a lot with 
the smaller focused group. So that's what's really great about Inconero, you're right. So Inconero is a little different too because it's all employee owned, right? Yes, QT Fabrics and Inconero, we are an employee owned company. We have been since 1987. Um, we are really proud of that because we can relate to <laughs> the different challenges that quilt shops have and independent fabric shops. Um, we work, you know, we work really well as a team here. We're a small focus team, but we all feel that pride of ownership, and we know that everything we do um, comes back to the company and, and benefits benefits us all. Um, so we're really proud of that, and it's a big it's a big talking point for us. And it's not just a talking point; it's it's the truth. It, you know, when you go to a shop, and I've been lucky to be, um, I traveled on the road for a week with one of our sales reps and really got to see about, I think, 14 shops in one week. Um, but, you know, it's soup to nuts. Everybody's different. And that's what's so great about employee ownership is that you make it your own. And I think we do that really well here. We really react to um, the times and we try to think outside of the box and really work with the shops and make them our priority. Well, I, you know, obviously I haven't always owned my own business. I worked for other people. And it's so much better, I think, from perspective of knowing that if I do a good job, I will reap some of those rewards versus somebody else will reap it, the rewards and I will get everything that I've always gotten and maybe a pat on the back and that's it. You know, I like right. the idea of everybody goes up together. Exactly. And that's what we do well. I mean, um, I've I've worked in other um companies as well and I'm kind of a geek in that I'm always one of those you know, I'm going to work 24-7 anyway but <laughs> um, regardless um, there's something about knowing that every contribution that you make um, does benefit you even further than if you were to you know be on the clock so um, that's what's really just wonderful about our legacy as a company anyway we've been around since 1807 as a as a company um, and we have a huge history in in this Rhode Island and Cranston, um, but also in the textile industry. So um, we're proud of that, and then that further, you know, brings us to the fact that we're employee-owned. So what are some fun things that are coming up for Inconero? Uh, we have so many cute things coming up. <laughs> like I mentioned, we have the Twinkle Twinkle, um, and that's got a really great um, – Christmas vibe. Um, if anybody's familiar with us, they should know Mingle and Jingle. That was our last Christmas line, and it had cute animals, dogs and cats. So that was the kind of the big hit over in Christmas in July. Um, we also have, just coming out in November, Say Cheese, and <laughs> that's a really cute collection with um, vintage photography mm -hmm. um, and selfies and little Polaroid-type um, prints um, and actual cheese because have <laughs> of course <laughs> um and so we have that coming up and then of course in deep ship um and then we have uh thalia which is a really fun bold and bright collection um it's got a kind of a vintage vibe and that one's a little more mix and match so you can get a lot of different looks out of it as well mm -hmm. um, but we're always thinking of the next thing and um coming up in may we have a really cute collection that um, I'm just starting to work on projects for, and it's cats. It's cat-related, so you can't go I, I've heard that cats. cultures go crazy for cats. 
Yeah. Because, like, with dogs, like, people are really breed-specific, and they want that breed or they're not interested. But, like, yeah. with cats, <laughs> they just love cats. You're singing our song. We've, yeah. we've noticed that. <laughs> A big part of designing um, just for commercial, you know, what we would consider commercial art, which is, you know, for fabric for the consumer, is that is knowing your pre- previous sales and knowing um, what the trends are and knowing what sells and what doesn't. And we've found out very quickly that <laughs> dog people want their specific breed, like you mentioned, and cat people are cat people. So, um it's really funny. It plays into a lot of different things that we design. We try to look into the ins and outs of the consumer. So that's where the marketing comes into play as well. But it's funny. We had, um, for some reason, you can mix cats and dogs. No problem. <laughs> um, but if you have just the dog, you should probably try to make it the one specific breed. It's funny. Mm-hmm. We we are reluctant cat people at my house. This cat showed up at our shop multiple Aww. days in a row and so we're like okay well this is our cat now and so that took a while to have harmony you know with our toddler and the the other two dogs that already are here but now everybody gets along and the cat sort of thinks she rules everything we'll That's see it. i'm a crazy <laughs> cat lady i have three cats are you? So, yeah and i love dogs too but um we're cat people over here in the in the studio yeah. You know, we love animals in general, but it's fun. And I, for a little while, we had um, QT Kitty, a little video with some of my cats on our social media. Oh, <laughs> got out of hand because they were just they. I think their heads got too big. They thought they were too special, so I had to tame them a little bit. <laughs> ah, they do. They think they're very special, yeah. and that they need everything when they want it. This is what I'm <laughs> learning about cats. Like a dog, you can be like, I'm gonna feed you once I eat dinner, and a cat will be like. No, you're going to feed me right now. Exactly. Because I said so. It's meow, 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 meow. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they get what they want. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Well, anything else that we haven't covered on what's coming up and the cool things happening? I, um, we, You know, there's always something new and different. We're working a lot with what's so great is we're doing a lot of for sale patterns with companies um, such as yourself. So mm-hmm. that medallion star that you designed, um, you were, you know, that was so such a creative effort, and you showed it off in the Pixie Dots and the Lila. Um, but then we're also working with other companies, pattern companies, independent, um, trying to get them interested in our fabrics and making sure that they are um, representing their patterns well and collaborating. So we're we're constantly trying to see how we can expand our businesses together and give the shops more ammunition to sell the fabrics that they've bought. So um, we're really excited about a lot of the new lines that are coming out. We've tried really hard to listen to the feedback that we get from our independent sales reps. Um, Not only are we employee-owned, but we also have our own sales managers that Mm -hmm. go out and rep our own line. So that's not the typical thing in the industry. So we're lucky to have that feedback on the the ground at the shop level. Um, it's really, I don't know, it's a wonderful company to work for, not just because I work here. (laughs) It's actually um, a place that, you know, we find a lot of um, comfort in working with each other and navigating, you know, some of the difficulties of the industry, you know, as you know, it's Mm -hmm. kind of a, it ebbs and flows. So we're trying to react to that. And, um, yeah, so I think... 
things that are coming up, it's all under the um, under the what's the word <laughs> with the effort of trying to help the shops succeed more uh -huh. um, and give them more um, that they can do, but knowing that they're employee owners and that they're wearing a million hats, we want to help them out as much as we can. Well, and for those of you who don't know, a sales rep is somebody who goes around to different quilt shops and shows them the new fabric, and then they usually order through the rep that owner will. And usually, like, someone will rep, like, three or four different companies, and so you see from three or four different ones. But you guys, you know, when my rep comes, it's just QT and GMB that we're looking at, or right. and Arrow. And it's nice. It's very focused because, you know, I have my brands that I know I want to stock, and so those are the people that I want to see first so that I, you know, I fill out my slots with that before, you know, I don't want to see umpteen million lines that I'm, you know, I might like. I know I have my few that I know that I like and my customers like and that sell well. And so I always appreciate just being focused in. Right. Because there mm -hmm. could be, you know, there could be hours and hours of a meeting, you know, looking at designs when you get overwhelmed. Um, when you know, like you said, you have a specific look and you have a style. And that's what's so great about, um, you know, all of these different shops that we visit. Everybody has their own, you know, it's their passion, it's their baby. So they have their look that they're trying to go after their message. And what's really nice is our sales reps get, get to know the shops really well. And there's oh, a relationship yeah. there. You know, I know Sarah is your sales rep. She is. <laughs> she cold yeah. called me and <laughs> the first time. She just popped in. She's like, can I show you some things? I was like, okay. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think I ordered, like, immediately. So I'm like, yeah, this is great stuff. Right. Um, but we love getting feedback. You know, we love um, seeing what people react to, in, you know, in terms of the collections. And, you know, not everything is a home run, but it, that's, that's how you learn and you, you move forward, of course. Fabric is fabric, so everybody's got their style, and that's yeah. exciting is to navigate that. I don't know how shops that, like, have everything under the sun order. Mm -hmm. Like, I am I think I'm lucky in that I focus just on modern because I think it would be really difficult to choose if I was, like, looking at everything that ever could be, right. you know, and trying to decide whatever it is. So those reps are very valuable in helping to narrow that down. And I was lucky. I w I've obviously never been able to come to your shop yet. Someday I will. But um, I was lucky to see the the um, newscast that you had. Oh, Congratulations yeah. on that. And um, it was a great peek into your shop. It was beautifully done. It was. It was fun. We were cleaning until like 10 o'clock the night before that guy showed up. <laughs> I was like, company's coming, company's coming. <laughs> Basically. I was like rearranging every bolt in color order. Well, at like 9.30, <laughs> and my three-year-old was still up at the shop with my husband and I. My husband looks at me and goes, Stephanie, what are you doing? I'm like, you just need to let me be. <laughs> I just need to do this. <sighs> well, it came out really well, and that was yeah. nice to see. You know, it's that's the kind of um, coverage that really can help you, you know, get oh, yeah. new customers, you know. And I think in the, in the, the mention, you said, you know, traffic alone wasn't going to keep the shop going. So that's why your marketing background also helped. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the online presence as well. So, Absolutely. Well, is there anything I haven't asked about? I don't know. We could talk forever. We probably could. <laughs> um, but I think, no, I think we've covered a lot. I mean, the design part of fabric design, um, there's it's kind of like 
it's a never-ending process. Um, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, you, everything's been done before, as they say, but that's what, you know, putting your own spin on it and getting a collaborative point of view, like the ink and arrow point of view, where you put a quirky spin on it. That's what's kind of exciting, and that's kind of the new thing now in uh -huh. the textile industry. Um, you went to Quilt Market. I know that you had a booth there, uh -huh. um, and you saw how many different companies there are. <laughs> yeah, so, there's so many. Yeah, there's so many. So, you know, we're all trying to do the same thing. We want to inspire the, the seamstresses and the, the sewists and the quilters and the crafters to do their thing with our fabrics. And, um, you know, it's at the end of the day, when you see somebody make something and give it to somebody else and it just puts a smile on their face, it sounds corny, but it's just, that's really what it's all about. It's a great feeling. And um, I'm really happy to do it every day. You know, there's a lot of crazy work out there and this is kind of a fun job, you know? I'm pretty yeah. lucky. Absolutely. Well, thanks for taking some time out to chat today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Um, and to work further too with you. Oh, for sure. I, I know we have a couple of things happening that we can't talk about yet, but right. it'll be cool when it comes out. Exactly. <laughs> if you enjoyed that interview, head on over to the show notes at sitandsoradio.com. You can get links to Ink and Arrow so you can see more of their fabrics. You can also go to shop.quiltaddictsanonymous.com and you can see the Ink and Arrow fabrics that we have in stock. And you can order those Medallion Star limited edition kits in both the Ink and Arrow Lila Damask fabric lines and the Pixie Dots color or fabric lines. So I hope you really enjoy that. I love their fabric. Um, one of our employees is a knitter. She's trying to get me to order their lamb one, but it probably isn't going to happen. That's okay. We can't stock everything. Um, so go check that out. And I hope you guys fall in love with Ink and Arrow like I have. I think they're, they're great fabric and they're great people to work with, which is even better. Um, okay, so that is it for this week's episode. Make sure you keep an eye on your emails because our 12 Days of Christmas sale is about to start. So we're going to have great deals every day. And it'll be one-day sales on different parts of the shop every day will be something different that you can save on and everything will be arrive at your doorstep if you're domestic customers who knows with international sometimes that gets everywhere but for all of our u.s customers it will arrive by christmas so you can have that under your tree and get some great deals to boot so you can make your Christmas dollars go further. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it on iTunes and Stitcher. It helps other people find it so they can listen to some fabulous people in the quilting industry, hear some good stories, and also uh, get some great deals over at quiltaddictsanonymous.com. Thanks so much for listening and happy quilting. <laughs>